This is always the bellwether game for Georgia is against Florida. This is where you stand. Everybody's up for it. Everyone's excited about it. It's always a, here's where we look. Here's where we are at this point. If you lose this game, you are not only behind where you thought you would be this year. I might make the argument you might be behind where you thought uh, over the next couple of years. Yeah, so, wow, that didn't make me feel better. In a pivotal SEC East matchup of longtime adversaries, the Georgia-Florida rivalry is renewed this weekend. ESPN College Game Day will be there. SEC Nation will be there. Many of our listeners, including you, will probably be there. Unfortunately for the three of us, we will not be there. So because of that, we have provided you a 90-minute world's largest outdoor cocktail party preview podcast for you to enjoy on your travels down to Jacksonville this week. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 157 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. The whole gang is here today, myself, my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, and obviously with the stinging LSU defeat still fresh in our minds, combined with that recent dog's off week, we still have a decent amount of hand-wringing to address about what went wrong in Baton Rouge. However, the majority of this episode is spent breaking down what Georgia must do correctly in order to achieve a win on Saturday. Let's not forget as much of a blowout this game was last year. Florida's now ranked in the top 10. They've only lost one game, which came against the top 15 Kentucky, and seems to be quite formidable under the leadership of Dan Mullen. Might one of us predict another Georgia loss by the end of this episode? Stick around to find out. We'll have some fun Georgia-Florida trivia for you to enjoy, and we also make our SEC and national game predictions as well. It's a good one today, so sit back and enjoy our dogs versus Gators preview show. Um, I have a question. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not going to the game. I'm not going to the game. Uh, but I'm looking for some place, because uh, this is one of the rare times where I'm here. I'm not, I'm not the world's I will not be in Los Angeles this weekend. So I'll be able to watch the game here. But I'm trying to find like a movie theater. I thought the Georgia theater would be played, but they played at the roof, which is not the same as actually watching it at the Georgia. They're not going to have it on the, the screen of the theater? No, they do it on the roof. They, the Georgia theater shows the games on the roof. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to find a place mm-hmm. to like... To the like, the University thing. 16 Cinemas, I think, does it. Yeah, but they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they only sell like... I want like I want to like drink and watch the game, and they sell that. I think if you... That's because it's in a Coney, right? You they sell to, things like White Claw and... Yeah, you have to buy like a... You can buy a Coors Light... And like popcorn, a hot dog. <laughs> and you have to and you have to drink it right there. Yeah, you can't take exactly, it to your seat. exactly, exactly. So uh, no thanks. So I'm just trying. If anybody knows of a place where that the, they're showing the game on like the big screen and in like a crowd of people, the way that I don't know. If it, it, <laughs> so you don't want like like Earl from South Oconee to invite you over to his house? Yeah, I mean, hey, I, Will, what's wrong with South Oconee? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't care where. And he, what's wrong with Earl? <laughs> yeah, Earl's fine, man. Earl is our former gimp before we. <laughs> But uh, well, that's a real podcast. We've referenced the game. Well, and yeah. I might, I might say we are. I guess we could do hashtag podcasting after dark. Yeah, this is. I'm, I'm groggy tonight. This is about as late as we've ever uh, teed yeah. one up. It is nine fifteen. The, in the logic PM. of the soccer organizers in a to, le- to keep your 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 children uh, out uh, past uh, this late on Dude, the school night. Is it's a it's an hour long soccer match that started at seven thirty. Then don't start it at seven thirty. When did you start at six? Yes, but there were games there before. Were games at six. Then don't start. Then schedule one the next day at six. Oh, we got to get done. My children go to bed. My children will be going at seven. Go to bed at seven o'clock until college. Like, this was this a U fifteen match. Yeah. yeah, you you say that. You say that. I said the same thing when my yeah. kids were your age. My my. Uh, and they, they did. As a matter of fact, 
my 10 year old's bedtime is still eight o'clock except for when she has football practice. My, my bedtime was eight 30 until I was a freshman in high, in high school. Yeah. And then I got to push to nine <clears throat> when I got a job. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, well, I was, very disciplined. Mine, mine was nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> although I do remember sneaking out and watching the white shadow. So oh, wow. uh, that's, that's how old I am. I did tell my son that I'd give him a shout out and that made him happy. So yeah. Tony, can you give a recap of the U15 playoff game tonight? Yeah, so the everyone was so the, tired. The taters so and the, I don't know. No, we were the impact. The impact. The I think we're the United. Is yeah. that right? Um, so Scott's son's team and my son's team played one another in the first round of the playoffs tonight. Uh, it was a two versus three match. Actually, Jack's team had a lead until about and uh, I don't know about two five minutes, minutes left. Yeah. Five, five minutes left. There was an equalizer scored, and then maybe two minutes later, there was another. And there was a scorcher. I mean, the ball just zoomed in. I mean, we were like, "Oh my gosh, that ball went in!" to make it uh, to make it a one goal lead. The cool part about it is Scott's son Jack had his easily his best shot on goal. It was like from the box, just like he just cleared the, the crossbar. It was amazing. It was a great shot. But regretfully, one team has to win. One team comes in second. Wait, I thought this was soccer. Yes, yeah, it <laughs> is. Well, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Um, so, uh, so it was fun to watch Jack and Charlie. Yeah, actually, because they were kind of matched up. They, they did. Yeah, Jack played midfield and forward. Charlie, Charlie played midfield and defense. So mm-hmm. they were against each other two or three times, which yeah. was kind of cool. Um, and Charlie's team won. Uh, yep. And as I put, as I told Scott, I said I'm utterly agnostic about who wins this game as long as we don't have extra. As long as we finish the game in regulation. Yeah. Could you imagine your thought on Oconee soccer had we gone to extra time and not been starting this podcast for another twenty I mean, minutes? Podcast. I mean, listen, I'm personally exhausted, uh, but I'm 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 going this from a from a thematic uh, 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 theoretical idea. This is just late for kids to be out. My kids have been asleep since noon. <laughs> You pick them up at Barrow, and they're already asleep. That's why, why. I mean, why else do we have all that lithium? That's no, the lithium's for you, <laughs> Tony. I will say that we got quite a few comments on um, your kind of gastronomical walk down oh, New okay, Orleans, cool. and so a lot of people enjoyed your takes on your your experience in Baton Rouge. And um, we did get some questions. I'm going to go ahead and tee up what we're going to do later after we talk about this game. We've got some questions from people from the Twitterverse that we will awesome. answer later along with some other things. But yeah, a lot of people liked your, uh, your walk down uh, the French quarter and what you ate. Yeah, we had fun in new Orleans. That's not a terrible jumping off point. Uh, dear <laughs> listeners, once we last left you, we were pondering what was going to happen with the fate of the bulldog nation after the devastating loss and the closing of the football program uh, in LSU. Um, we are. I now, miss football. We are now. We merely, could have had so much fun. We are now now merely a food podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yes. In all, equestrian. Equestrian. Equestrian too. Yeah, they're not not terrible. Um, in, in all in all sincerity, I've I've had a Parish Walton reached out and said, "What are your thoughts?" And I said, "I'm still noodling it." I see Scott at the soccer. That's like at the soccer field. And I'm like. I have zero feel for this game. So I will I will go ahead and lay out my thesis as like I obviously am gonna make a pick at the end of the, the this podcast because that's what we do. Um I there's gonna be a lot of informing uh, of my opinion as it may be an hour or whenever it is we get there. Because honestly, uh, huh? I don't know. I don't know. Um and I've spent a lot of time looking at stats, I saw a lot of time looking at game recaps. I even taken the time to look at um, some select plays on YouTube. And honestly, I don't know. And this has been, 
the the hard part about it, and maybe this is a good good place for starting our conversation. The hard part about it is like it's a head and heart situation. Senator Lutarski talks about that a lot. A head and heart situation. Like my head tells me that Georgia is more talented than Florida. Still, they're in the first year of a new head coach has changed things up. When you look at the numbers. They have yes, they beat they beat LSU that game. They did legitimately beat LSU, but they got a couple of breaks to do it. They have relied on some smoke and mirrors at times, uh, particularly as it comes to the turnover game. And you know, so we we should win this game. Uh, my heart tells me that we have looked we looked in the LSU game like we looked in every other game. We just weren't able to out talent the team in front of us, which concerns me about this game because I don't think we can out talent them. Um, so that's kind of where I stand right here and over the next 45 minutes. Hopefully I'll have some more clarity. Uh, I think there's two ways to look at this. Um, one is, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about, even with all the wins that George have had, be like, really, there's not a lot of questions that have been answered yet. There's not a lot of questions that have been answered yet. And then LSU... Uh, either an- certainly answered questions, oh, we either, answers. either definitively or this is a learning process. That's what that's the next question. That's the next thing you got to figure out. But to me, that's the macro thing about this Georgia team, like this particular Georgia team. The thing we don't know yet is can they rebound from that game? Is it, can they rebound from that game and become the team that we actually have not seen them be yet? Maybe for a quarter against South Carolina and a quarter against I think Vanderbilt. the second half in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. And the team that we know that they can be, and I mean, they, they, I'll put it this way, they, regardless of, the, of how good LSU was and how bad Georgia played, if, if Georgia would have had like one quarter like they did against South Carolina in the second half against South Carolina, that game is closer. Like that game, like they, they, this, that was a fall on face game. Oh yeah. At LSU yeah. pretty much across the board. Yeah. So that brings in two questions, one a small one and one a big one. The small question, and this won't seem like a small question because it's literally just the whole thing the season is based on, which is, okay, can they fix that or is there something fundamentally flawed about this year's team? I don't mean that in the long sense, but the idea of is this team too young? Like, is this team too inexperienced? Is there, the talent is obviously there, but the leaders aren't there or a lot of those or, or you know, Cleveland's injuries causing too many problems or you know, just it, the, it, the talent's still all there. There should be no worries in a long-term sense, but this year, our eyes got too big for our, for our stomach because because last year was so exciting that this is the year that this is a step back that you would, probably would have should have seen. It makes a certain amount of sense. Be, this would be a setback because you lost so much senior leadership, and that's okay. The second aspect of it, and that's a question I think this game will help answer. But then that bleeds into the second, perhaps a little scarier question, which is last year. I don't know if you guys remember. But Georgia destroyed Florida last year. Like, yeah. absolutely destroyed them in every possible way. Every sense way. of the word. It was 21 nothing halfway yeah. through the first quarter. It was, I mean, it was a full, and it was glorious, and it felt therapeutic, and it felt cathartic, and it was all that you kind of wanted. And it, it, it kind of had give this definitive notion of, A, Georgia, here they come. Mm-hmm. And the East is going to have to deal with them for a really long time. And B, Florida... They, I mean, they're, they're going to have to start over now. They're going to have to start over, and they have to do all of these things. And oh, sorry, t- t- you, you, you seem to want to jump yeah, in. I, I do. I do want to say one thing about the Florida game. Um, as we all know, Jim McElwain got fired after that game. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting article today uh, that came out about that day, and apparently, players during the pregame meal started getting texts and tweets from people saying that 
McElwain's people were talking to the university and something was afoot. Yeah. And McElwain... And that, that, had, that had bubbled up. He denied it, didn't he? Right, well, McElwain didn't deny it. Uh-huh. Right? He said, we're going to focus on the game, <laughs> which made it worse. Yeah. Right? Um, now, I think I know what you're about to say. I want you to say it because I've been thinking it too. Yeah. And, and so on one hand, yeah, maybe... Uh, well, there's two ways to look at that story. One is... Um, while wow, Florida's too screwed up, too, is hey, maybe we got too excited about how Georgia, how much Georgia stomped them in that game because maybe Florida was just so demoralized going in, they weren't really that bad. Which leads into the second question, which is remember Kirby Smart's first year? First year they played Florida during the 2016 World Series. I remember it vividly. Uh, that was also the same day as uh, James Comey's uh, press conference. Uh, huh? Yeah. It was a busy day uh, that day. And um, it was his first year, and the thought was okay. Georgia's building something, but they're not there yet. It's too much to expect in the first year for Georgia to be able to come out and stomp Florida. So now here we are in Dan Mullen's first year. This is his first year. This is his transition year. Remember, it wasn't just a couple weeks ago we were like, wow, who's farther back, Florida or Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Now Florida is number nine in the country. Now Florida is, I think, what, seven-point underdog in this game? Seven and a half, seven. If Florida Florida is able to win this game, I think it not only – the problem is it causes questions for this year because it's like, okay, now we know this is not the team that we hoped it was. Now we need to start looking for how we're building for the future. This is a nice place to be when you've lost two games and you're like, season's over. We'll worry about it next year. But I think it's where Georgia is as a program right now. But the second question is, wait, how did this guy come in with that Florida team that was there last year? How did they gain so much and Georgia lose so much that that definitive wipeout last year has now been reversed? Yeah. This feels – we'll see. we got Kentucky in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll put it this way. A loss to Kentucky would alarm me less than a loss this weekend. Because Kentucky's I, – listen, I, I think Kentucky does not have as much talent as Georgia does. But Kentucky, like, no one actually thinks Kentucky's better than Georgia long, long term. Maybe Kentucky's got something special going this year. Maybe a couple weird things happen. It's a road game and things happen. This is always the bellwether game for Georgia is against Florida. This is where you stand. Everybody's up for it. Everyone's excited about it. It's always a, here's where we look. Here's where we are at this point. If you lose this game, you are not only behind where you thought you would be this year. I might make the argument you might be behind where you thought uh, over the next couple of years. Yeah, so, well, that didn't make me feel better. Well, I mean. Well, they can also just win. The thing I'm thinking is. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Give me some delicious Kool-Aid. This is the same coaching staff that Georgia ran roughshod over last year when they were coaching for Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Because Grantham was there and Dan Mullen was there. And you combine that with the talent at Florida. And they didn't really. Their team's not much different. Felipe Franks is still quarterback. And sure, I don't. I don't keep up with the Florida depth chart from 2017 to 2018, but they start off pretty pedestrian. And I think you're right, Will, because if they do flip the script on Georgia and beat them even by one point, you are going to say, think about all those other times in the past 25 years that Georgia's had the better team or been ranked high or had a lot to play for. Think about 2002. It was a crushing defeat. Georgia might have won the national championship in 2002 had they not lost to Florida. 2005, uh, the SEC championship year when DJ Shockley was quarterback. Uh, I think that was the one loss that we had because he was injured. You know, he had a knee thing, and uh, I think Joe T played. Uh, he even caught a touchdown pass that year. So um, 
Yeah, I think it's an interesting point with uh, comparing and contrasting because it's not like any other team when they just bring in a new coaching staff. This is a very um, familiar coaching staff, and it's actually the third time that Georgia is playing against Todd Grantham because he was coaching with Petrino when Georgia beat LSU, not LSU, Louisville in the Belk Bowl. So this is, uh, you know, I saw Seth's article about yeah. third and Grantham yes, yes. breaking that down, saying, is that a truth or is it a myth? And it was kind of inconclusive yeah. uh, from it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in step with both of y'all. I, I don't know what to think, and I'm, I'm pretty daggum nervous about it. And, you know, I mean, listen, I... I think I went down a little bit too far the rabbit hole last week with judging the fan base and how they react to things. Uh, but it's worth noting that, like, I saw fire Cheney stuff this week. Like, I saw, and I think, I don't think that's the plurality of the fan base in any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but Cheney, Cheney didn't let Joe Burrow run for 52 hours. <laughs> yeah. But that said, I think it speaks to uh, what did I say before when we preview the LSU game? If Georgia <laughs> loses this game, people are going to freak out. That that will be intensified by fifty if they lose this game. You can you can justify away an LSU loss. Sure, you can say LSU is better than you thought they were. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 fake the fake field goal got everybody off on the wrong foot. A couple weird breaks here here or there. Uh, if you lose to Florida in a game where there's no excuse not to be up for, and you're not facing like this crazy, you're, you're, this is your crowd, like at least half of your crowd. Like th- there's no excuse to lose this game. You can talk away, you can convince yourself that LSU is a growing process loss. I don't know how you can convince yourself that Florida is a growing process loss. Well, I think if you lose this football game, what you're really facing is that you don't have one the leadership or two the ability to motivate players. Who that you are, thought you did? That you thought you did? That we I, all just assumed? Yeah. That you assumed? And, and and it's fine. That's fine. That happens. Weird years happen. Weird years happen. That is fine. But the reality is, it's like you know there has been there there has been a few articles about this overconfidence thing or whatever you want to call it. I mean, hell, I was I was overconfident. I mean, I, I felt like I felt like we could lose LSU, but I think I predicted you know I, I predicted the wipeout too. What, like, a fourteen point, I think thirty four twenty or something I, like that. I was bragging on the intro, like doing you know the subliminal guy from SNL <laughs> talking yeah. about how bad Georgia was going to win. And you know there there it it does it does tell you a lot that this year when Georgia got punched in the mouth, and I don't. A lot of people, the first time they got punched in the mouth. No, I think the first time they got punched in the mouth was against Missouri um, when they didn't score in the first half other than two yeah. what, two very good I defensive plays. Not, very, two, two very good defensive plays. It wasn't plays. the same punch. But it wasn't the same it punch. It wasn't the same punch, but that game was still kind of yeah. in down. I mean, it felt like Georgia was going to win. Right. But it was definitely not like, oh, let's all just go to bed. So, you know, before we worry about firing Cheney, there are some other steps I think we have to take. Now, we can... We can bicker about, and I think it's a fair conversation to have, the number of times uh, Holyfield ran the ball in the second half in particular. But I almost said, what? No, no, I was going to say on Twitter, a lot of people disagreed with your take. Yeah, on no, the I, last I, podcast. look, I, I don't, I didn't break it out for pass plays versus run plays. Wait, I, on Twitter? Well, you think I, you this know a platform. Is, right, you know, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't think, I, I think. This week will be now. I will say that it it was concerning that we had no answers and no plays to call when LSU took away our bread and butter. Right? They they basically forced us to be one dimensional, and that dimension was run, run, pass, run, run, pass. And you know the the thing about it is that it felt like they 
they in a way they shot their with the with the fake field goal, and that's the thing they practice to to switch things up. If there is one thing that makes me feel better about this week is that Florida's team is is also relatively young. Um, they are in the first year with their coaching staff. This is their first trip to Jacksonville. Um, and, and obviously, Grantham's been there. Obviously, Mullen's been there. Obviously, Christian Robinson's been there. Um, but this is you know at, with this team, um, the the thing about it that I, that I keep mulling around is that how much is Georgia going to decide, essentially? This is a will and position game this week in particular. Both teams are fairly um, efficient at moving the ball. Neither team are particularly explosive. Georgia's a little better at um, keeping teams uh, in front of them out of the end zone last last week notwithstanding. You know, when, when you sit down and look at this paper, I mean, I think Bill Conley has a 68% to win this game, and that's not hard to argue, right? I think we if you just think about how we match up, um, we should be able to move the ball enough on them, keep them off the field enough uh, to keep them off balance that, you know, offensively we should be fine. And frankly, I hate to use, it can't be worse because that's, that's actually the worst thing you can say, but it's hard to imagine a game where we tackle as bad as or worse than we did against LSU particularly in key situations. I mean, it's not that hard to imagine. You can just imagine LSU. Right, but right, but I think LSU has more offensive talent uh, yeah. than Florida does. Yeah. And, that, and that's, um, I, don't, I don't mean that out of, I don't say that out of avarice, I don't right. say that out of meanness or anything like that. I just think if across the board, I think LSU have, has, they have better offensive line uh, in particular. Um, and they, they uh, You're saying Jacquez Green and Terry Jackson aren't walking through that door for Florida? Look, Jordan Scarlett's a good running back. Jawan Taylor, that's his name, right? Jamal, Jawan. Sure. Whatever. Taylor is a he's a good running back. Jawan Taylor's the linebacker for Georgia. Is he? Uh, that's yeah. probably not the probably Fred, not him. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor's I think. Yeah. That's still not him. Uh, <laughs> Fred Taylor. You I, know, Georgia leads the nation in allowing the fewest plays of twenty yards or more. So I yeah. mean that's something that and that's even after that Joe Burrow run where you, you claimed he was still running. <laughs> uh, he, he does feel like he's still running. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's the thing, right, is that, listen, going, I still think Georgia's a better team than LSU. Like, I do. I yeah. think Georgia has more talent than LSU. Well, you said last week, like, take away three plays. Yeah. And it was four, very pedestrian. Four plays. Four yeah. plays. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. is like, LSU doesn't strike me as a great team. And Georgia, I don't, Georgia doesn't strike me as a great team either, but they seem better than LSU. But LSU just totally, completely handled Georgia. And I think that's... That's the question, right? Is that like we all know that Georgia has a bunch of talent, and we all know that we've seen the coaching staff have a lot of success with teams that have had a lot of talent before. The question is, is this like every successful team has a certain amount of kismet and good fortune and momentum and positive and just good vibes? And so far, even in the wins that Georgia have had, in the easy blowout wins, I don't think anyone would argue this team has had good vibes going on this year. Not to say that it's been bad. Everybody hates each other or there's some sort of like, like uh, it's just, it just doesn't have that like, wow, this is that like, th- th- last year it felt like every game had like seven or eight people. You're like, oh, did you see that thing? that did? And th- these games, which have been wins by more points, have not had that. It doesn't have that kind of kismet that last year has. It doesn't mean that you, that, it doesn't mean that you can't get it. Doesn't mean that like wiping out Florida in this game wouldn't get, be the type of thing you get it going, but I think that's the question this, this game's going to answer: is is there something special about this team, or is there not? Well, the the part about it to me is that 
people would come back to is which which team has a higher pucker factor. I think Georgia does, right? Interesting uh, question. Well, I mean, you know, right now Florida probably is playing with house money because yeah. people thought yeah, there were a lot of people that said probably the second best team in the East. I I was not one of those people. A lot of people felt like they were third or fourth, probably. Um, but you know, Mullen and them have to be thinking they're playing with house money. They're top ten team, and they've lost one football game. And they literally had can say exactly the same thing Georgia says. Everything they want to accomplish is still in front of them. You know um, that's not a hundred percent true because they have that loss to Kentucky. Uh, they they can't win the East without some help. But you know they beat Georgia. That is that was probably the top thing. If you were to if you would put a rational Florida fan in the corner and say, "What's the one thing you want to do this year?" Um, and probably would be get a win against Georgia. Yeah. Right, maybe maybe beat maybe beat FSU. Although it's, it was really hard to look at anybody and not be level headed and say that Florida LSU game is probably going to be a blowout, um, especially after the first two weeks of the the season. Um, you know, when you get down to looking at you know you know player against players, um, I, I think this game is one. Um, this game's one of Georgia's line scrimmage on offense. Um, I, you know, frankly, I. And again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves uh, as it comes to predicting scores. I just don't. I don't see a lot of scoring in this game. It feels like this is certainly not going to be a nine-six Alabama LSU thing. But I, I think Georgia, I think Georgia and Florida both would really like to run the ball a lot, maintain control of the game uh, using their running game, and put their. Um, put their running backs on display. That doesn't mean that Fromm or Fields won't throw the ball some, because I think they will, but it's also hard to imagine, considering what happened against LSU, that Florida won't be ready for whatever. If nothing else, let's just remember what LSU did and put Fromm in a situation where he is literally flamoxied in a way we haven't seen yet. In a lot of ways, this is going to look like um, maybe the the Notre Dame game plan or the um, the game a couple you know a couple of games after he first became starting quarterback where we relied really heavily on the run game we wanted to control the clock we wanted to basically push people back and we were fine taking four yards at a clip taking twelve to fourteen yards to score and walking away with a you know a, a 24-10-24-14 win. How would you feel if Jake Fromm's final line was he was four of seven for 101 yards with a touchdown and an interception? If he only throws the ball seven times? If, he, if he's four of seven, throws for 101 yards, one touchdown and one interception, how would you feel about the— Well, he had like three big plays. So that yes. Was, <laughs> yeah, that does help. Yeah. yeah that, mean, was, that was his passing line last year. Against Florida? Against Florida. Wow, that's that's really that's really good stat thing in there, Scott. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah that's like so, a blind uh, resume type of thing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, like, you put us up 21 nothing. I'm buying the bar shots yeah, in D.C. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, seriously, and, y'all hold me to that. And again, not to get back to this again, but like think about uh, is this regression or is this progression? The idea that like a year later after that stomping of Florida, now we're like, okay, we just need to take care of the ball and take it nice and easy and keep a nice low scoring game and, and try to win in like a careful way. Like that's a little scary, right? That we're already with all the firepower we've been talking about how much Georgia has and all the things that they can do. We're looking at Florida, who again was a team that we were wondering if it was going to lose to Tennessee two weeks ago. Yes, they are number nine right that right now. But the idea that we're in a, okay, just got to keep it close to the vest and play it, play it, and play it careful and don't turn the ball over and we'll, we'll grind out a win. That feels like a step back to me. Well, I, I get what you're saying, but there's also a level of um, 
there's a level of growth in knowing what you can do well and what you can do to win. And I think, I think a lot of us, myself included, got really excited about the possibility of these high-scoring, high-flying games where we're scoring a lot of points against teams, but we're giving up big plays, maybe a lot of points. But I mean, it's not. Let's not forget the first three drives LSU had ended in field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, that game could have been worse had our offense, our defense been not as strong or inside the the red zone. Frankly, that was one of the streets. They were of this four team. for four on fourth down too. Right. I mean, well, they, they rolled the dice. It, yes. well, it, you thought it was less miles coaching over there. Right. And look, I don't know, Grantham Grantham wrote. I mean, Grantham um, Mullen wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Hey, you better believe if. if don't be don't be surprised if they don't go forward on fourth and one a bunch of times. That would I would. Is why not? There is a much better offensive coach in charge of, uh, of Florida than yeah. he is in charge of LSU. Yeah, this than Insminger. Yeah. That's uh, oh god, just got sad again. <laughs> so you know, I, I, when when you look when you look at the the really big picture stuff, I want to be careful about taking too much away from one game or for that matter ascribing too much to the, the game in front of us. But it will tell us a little bit, and we we talked about this being the Kirby Smart final in a way, uh, you know, his coaching final. What happens from here on out really does determine. I, I think any level-headed fan, Georgia fan, would tell you, um, get to the SEC championship game and see what happens. Yeah, I, I I can see a world where we do that, and we're still mad that we lose to Alabama by twenty eight. But we got to get to we got to get to yeah. we got to get to Atlanta first. I do think that there's been a switch at this point that like. If going in, I think people would have been disappointed. Going to the LSU game, if you don't, you can get the SEC championship game and lose. I think unless they ended, like unless that responded with, yeah, but we still get to go to the playoffs. <clears throat> I, playoff, I don't think anyone would have liked it. Now it kind of feels like the the goal is clearly you need to get the SEC championship game. I mean, two weeks ago, again, go back two weeks ago, we were like, wow, who, the, obviously the gap between one and two in the SEC East is so dramatic. We don't even know who two is. If you, if you do that and don't make it this year, which is what this game is on the line, I, I, I think people are going to be concerned, and I think they should be. Yeah, maybe so. I, I'm, I, was, I haven't, since the third week of the season, been one of those people thought that the Alabama game was, if we get to the SEC championship, the Alabama, Alabama game thing is anything but a, uh, Oh my God! Um, oh, I agree. We, we have to have we have to have a lot of things going on. It's way. a roll of dice game, but you have to get there. You've Got to get there. So when you start talking about individual matchups, Dan Mullen's not dumb. He's he's not going against Baker. It's going to be going against you know McKee and Campbell. Um, that's the side they're going to be looking at. That's the side they're going to try to get Van Jefferson to. The good news is is that um, any pass play over I think twelve yards, Felipe Franks is under forty percent. He has him in great downfield. That helps. The downside is, is that Florida, he's due. <laughs> no, Florida's cornerbacks haven't given up a single touchdown this year. Their cornerbacks have not given up a single touchdown. Again, that's that's part of the, the offensive they offensive they played. And, and part of the reason I think we're gonna we're gonna run the ball a lot is Kentucky gave a really good game plan for beating Florida, which is you run the ball down their throat, and when they get tired of that, you run it some more. Imagine um, if Florida would have won that game. How much we're freaking out about this game? Oh my gosh, yeah. No, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, because this is for the SEC East, 100%, yeah. right? Um, so it's not hard to see a world where both teams want to kind of control the clock and control the ball. Defensively for Georgia, you have to clean up the tackling. It starts there. You can't have – they ran 84 plays. LSU ran 84 <laughs> offensive plays. Um, 
Part of that was the fact that they had a number of 12 play drives. Um, they also had two more drives than Georgia because of the fumble and the kickoff. You can't give Florida short fields. I mean, they have, if LSU has thrived on turnovers, Florida has doubly, done doubly so. You win the turnover battle a little bit, you put yourself in a position to not be behind the eight ball with field position, and you stay in front of the chains. That's, I mean, I realize I'm, I sound like a 1950s coaching motivation yes. film, <laughs> but Georgia can do all, all of those things. You know, where Georgia's going to get in trouble, uh, frankly, is if they, they get behind, they get too cute for their own good, and suddenly uh, Florida can drop back in that four-quarter zone that, that LSU ran and make Fromm figure out a way to beat them while getting pressure with your front four, and you give up on the run. <laughs> so do you think this is uh, the type of game where – you know, not. Know, I'm not trying to stir anything up, but if Fromm was four of seven and it didn't look good, is this the time where maybe you bring Justin in and actually get him to play a series or two and throw the ball? I'd like to see a plan. I'd yeah. like to see a plan. Yeah. I might not agree with the plan. I might not feel, but I'd like to see a plan. Even if the plan is Fields isn't playing, <laughs> yeah. like even if it like I, even like I just want to see something where I'm like, okay, they've made a decision. On this again, remember there was a quarterback controversy last year, and there was a clear plan that they adjusted to each week. It was you know get uh, uh, get uh, what was the name of that guy Eason? That was his name. Uh, get Eason. Know, he's one of the Jacobs that yeah. plays quarterback in get, Washington get the, now. Yeah. Get the get Eason in in the fourth quarter. They get, give him, get, make sure he's got some plays. And then the Vanderbilt thing happens. And all of a sudden, you start to see a little less and a little less. And by the end, you're like, okay, why do we need to do this anymore? There was a plan. There was a clear. They tried something. They adjusted to circumstances on the ground. What I saw from the quarterback thing at LSU was just no plan. I didn't. Have, there was no thing to agree or disagree with. There was just no plan. To me, I feel like there's got to be some sort of plan. Even if you adjust them, I don't think you have to be stubbornly like committed to the plan. But you have to have some idea. I got no, all all having a second excellent quarterback did in LSU game was screw him up. That was all that it did. And and if if, if there's if uh, what's what's the third string quarterback guy the Matthew walk- Downing Matthew Downing if if Matthew Downing is the backup quarterback in that game I bet the offense runs better not because Fields was bad not because Fields was terrible but because he just messed everything up every time every time they put him in there because there was no rhythm you kind of got going and you wouldn't have done that if you if you just had Downing that's what I want to see is some sort of sense of a plan yeah I, I, I'm I'm giving up on. I mean, I, I guess I have to stick by what I've said. I feel like I need to stick by right. what I said. I trust the coaches here. But you're right. I, I think any sort of plan would be good. Um, <laughs> be handy. And, and, I, and I still want us to be careful that uh, before we start with the, well, we're just putting fields in the run. I, right. I don't, we put fields in the run. RPO plays and he's taking the ball and right, running with right, it, right? Yeah. Um, if he chooses to throw a couple of those, maybe we're like, hey, yeah, yeah. well, and, yeah. and who knows? Maybe that's part of the, the the deal is is that you know they keep sending him out to say, okay, you you right. you play you you call what you see, right. you know, and they they go back and back check down in the film room. The part about it that the one thing I would push just a, a little bit about that is that I don't think. I don't know how I feel about the idea of putting fields in for a a series or two series or whatever. Um, it, it, it doesn't really matter how I feel about it. It's just part of me says 
Fromm is your quarterback or Fields is your quarterback. And maybe that's what you're saying. Right. Right. You're saying, okay, it doesn't matter to me. Just put one of them in and right. go with it. Um, I don't necessarily buy that, but that I also am not certain we've reached a point. And look, Fromm wasn't good in this game. I, there's, there's no arguing way around that. Fromm looked off. He underthrew balls. He overthrew balls. He didn't get rid of the ball. Um, I think he pressed in the fourth quarter, which is weird. He hadn't done that yet. Uh, I, I think the sack was an example of pressure. Oh, yeah. like, I can't throw that ball away. I've got to find out a way to make something happen. Um, which was, which by the way, was a problem the whole second half, right? Like that's that's what yeah. he took a couple yeah. bad sacks. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that was a kickoff too. The kickoff fumble was another like I got to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. I got to do something. Yeah. Um, but so, you know the crazy thing is, had Hardman busted one and everything, that would have been all it took, in my opinion, for that proverbial straw to break the camel. And almost the team would be like, we can do this. It was. It almost felt like it was just teetering the whole time in yeah, that third yeah, to fourth I get quarter. It. I, I totally get that. So then why don't you just go ahead and give it a try and not fumble? Like, that's the idea. Like, <laughs> I get why I get that he was doing it. Yeah. I, under, I, I understood the idea of wanting to not to, to not kneel. Like, you want, you want yeah. to go for it. I understood the idea of wanting to get sparked. But if you're going to do that... Also remember that you can't you fumble. can't fumble. Um, <laughs> like these things are not mutually these things are not mutually exclusive. So one of the things we haven't talked about though I think we should before we get to um, since we talked since I brought up field position um, punting. So Jake Camarda earlier in the season was just booming punts and the knock we had against him was he's kicking so many balls out the end zone. <laughs> So now we're trying to angle kicks, and now he's just angling too short. Um, I, I, guys, I, I, I get it. I mean, I'm talking to our listeners. I'm not talking maybe to the two of you. I don't know how you feel about Jake Marta. He's a true freshman, and yes, his performance has been difficult. But you know, we we got lucky last year that we had a, a six year freshman and a graduate of Colum- a senior and a graduate of Columbia University to come in and kick, and he was an otherworldly punter. Um, before you start calling out Jake Camarda and start saying we need to have this or that happen or let a walk on try something, I, I, I just I, I could be wrong. I, maybe I am, but I think some of this will pay dividends down the road. But the reality is, is he he didn't punt a whole lot this season before this game, and that's great. But let's let's before we get too carried away and blaming this or that on him, let's let's keep in mind that he has the leg. He's shown us the leg. He's still learning to kick, in especially in in the college game. Is, is Kevin Butler still on the sideline? I think he finally graduated. I don't know. He's like a so, seventh. I mean, that, that could be something assistant. something to it right there to not have him in your ear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it helps him not having this year. I don't know. Maybe. Um, who's who's punting for Columbia now? Just in case. Yeah, well, I think it's worth asking. Um, so, not not a call quit. I'm sure he's kicking for Tennessee. Uh, whoever he is, I assume he's Australian. Oh. Uh-huh. So, Scott, you got you yeah. got questions for us, or we just have to do this? No, I do. I do have questions, but is that is it is it the right time for that? Listen, we, we, I think we've laid out generally what this game. I think there's a non-zero chance that like, I've become doom and gloom here, and, uh, yeah, and it has been a little doom and gloom. And, but that's what happens when you get you're blown out, and then you have an off week to for it to fester a little. And bit. And you play a team that you wiped out last year for what now seems like a referendum game. Yes, like it feels. Like, all of a sudden, this Florida game feels like a, Look, I, wait, are we on the right track or are we not on the right track? I think what Will's trying to say is this game has potential for, for, for Panton. Yeah. Um, right? You need to write that time down. Yeah. But um, 
So, I mean, it does have that potential, and that's part of the reason why I can't get my head around this game yeah. is because it does have potential to be yeah. that. And until I see it again, I'm not going to call for a blowout. Right, because right, we, right, right, I mean, right. because the, the, the game we saw at LSU, the team we saw at LSU, there were vestiges of that in Missouri. There were vestiges yeah. of that at South Carolina. There were vestiges of that against Vanderbilt, frankly. Um, and it's a little bit against Tennessee, although Tennessee was a different, a different animal. Speaking of... <laughs> Auburn, you lost to Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. Um, at home? Yeah, at home. So, um, sorry, it was just a moment of happiness. I get it. I hear it. Interspersed we're, there. We're, we're grasping at whatever um, we can get these days. So, I've seen nothing this season. Well, I've seen things this season that make me believe that this game could look just like the LSU game. I mean, just exactly like right. Ooh, we, boy, well, it's, it's, I just it's. I mean, that, that we, happens that we that we play. Out, we play good defense, but they get eighty something plays. We can't. The defense is on the field for forty two minutes. We can't stem the tide of it. Offensively, we look stagnant, and we lose the game by fifteen points or Ooh, or even seven boy. points. I mean, that's a possibility. That's very bad, man. And like, yeah, yeah. And but there's also cool. a possibility we come out and we boat race them. And that's the part about it that's really hard for me to get my head around is that this team on paper could beat Florida 45 to 21 or better or, or, or fewer points, right? 25 to 7 or something, 17. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen because I, don't, I haven't seen that out of this team. Uh, there's, there hasn't been that step on their throats and go to town on them uh, in, a, in that way. Yet. And that said, however, if you do see that this game, yeah. Uh, we're running the table. Like, yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's hard yeah. not to imagine it, right? right? right. It's hard not to. to I mean, I'm if, going, if, if the light goes on right. and you see that team, you're like, oh, well, then we want Bama. Like, yeah, I, like no, that, 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 let's, that, let's be careful about wanting Bama. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, you know what I mean? We're getting <laughs> yeah, Bama. Yeah, we, we, we can get we yeah. can get Bama. Did yeah. you hear Purdue chanting, "We want Bama" when they were destroying? They don't Ohio want State. Bama worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois got them right back on track, didn't they? Yeah, boy. Yeah, can, can you can you Buffalo uh, don't want Bama? Can you spend can you spend a minute talking about how you felt watching Ohio State get trounced by an unranked Purdue team? So imagine, dear listener, that <laughs> you have you lived your entire life. As um, someone who has just been downtrodden, like nothing ever goes right. Your dog died when you were a kid. You know you're. You know you were involved in a terrible school bus accident. Is this you? I'm okay, hypothetically. Sorry, you're involved in a terrible. He, he asked because there's tears running down his face uh, as he's telling the story. You're involved in a terrible school bus accident where you know your your best friend Freddie. Yeah, it's like um, the sweet hair after. Became it's just, just dark. Right, just somewhere. really dark things, and then suddenly. One day you show up at home, and there sitting in front of you is a, 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 a pound of gold bars, or five pounds of gold bars, uh, untraceable serial numbers, <laughs> and you, you dear listener, get to just simply grab those bars and walk away. And while you do that, you get to see Urban Meyer in a surrender crow bra. Um, he was not in a good place during that game. There was, it's funny, my, my wife Kristen, who is actually very funny and is well-versed in Urban Meyer lore, uh, looked at me and she said, he, she said, Shelly Meyer's 100% calling 911 tonight, right? It's like, Aww. yes, yes, Ooh, yes. I, I think that's, that's a thing that's happening. That um, it was glorious. It was amazing. That game was, I mean, it it was far more cathartic than it should have been, and I'm not ashamed to admit that uh, that it felt great. Good for Purdue, man. Like, yeah, good for Purdue. I mean, three and three Purdue. Gr- and transitively, 
Eastern Michigan now is better I mean, than right. Ohio State. For what it's worth, like this is what people thought about Jeff Rom, right? Like he, like they started zero three and was like, wait, Purdue, I don't know. And now, like Purdue looks like they might win the the, the West. West, yeah. So their number four could play on any team in the SEC. That, well, he's he, a freshman, but he was yeah, recruited. He's, he's he was a, recruited by a lot a of dude. teams. Like he yeah. is a dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was recruited by a lot of teams. Yeah. So, so. I mean, it, this is him. that was probably his biggest signing this year. Brown's biggest yeah. signing. Um, the thing I like about well, the thing I like about Purdue is that they they play they play hard. They play through the whistle, um, and they had a good game plan. Um, and frankly, Ohio State looked like Georgia did against LSU. He they threw. Thought, Who's Haskins? He threw seventy-two passes. Yeah, his arm fell off. Um, but I think Ohio State thought they were going, you know, r- jump off the bus and go sure. wreck shop against Purdue. And frankly, that didn't happen. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jim Harbaugh's real cool again. Oh, that guy! God. <laughs> oh my God! He is. He is the most angry Midwestern dad in the world. <laughs> he was like, you know, that's BS man. And that's yeah. pool hockey and Bush league. And he, you know, he drinks milk with a steak and it's like, <laughs> he still thinks chicken is scared meat. I don't, he's never met a cow. Oh my God. Cows are just like in a constant state of freak out. <laughs> I can't even get started. Don't, um, <laughs> no need. So, uh, so who's, who's going to play if you had to make a prediction, because I don't even know who's in the East and West for the Big Ten. but so, so basically the way it works is, right now first place in the West is Northwestern. Because mm-hmm. North, Northwestern just keeps winning. They're terrible every week. Because 2018 but they keep winning. Is, a, is a disaster. And um, so right now, Northwestern has, they didn't play Wisconsin. They didn't play Wisconsin yet. Yeah. And Wisconsin hasn't played Purdue yet. So right now, they're all kind of. It's going to be Northwestern, Purdue, or, or Wisconsin. In Iowa, right? In Iowa. Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Iowa's got Wisconsin. This week. I'm sorry, Iowa has uh, uh, Penn State this week. Penn State. And so that's the thing that makes me not feel good about Iowa, is that they've lost to Wisconsin, and they still have Penn State to play. So the point is, the other side is now it's all set up for Michigan. Right. If Michigan can beat Ohio State, and I think they are at home against Ohio State this year, if they can beat Ohio State, they are, they're, they're going to be in the playoff because they should be able to take whoever wins in the West. And so do you think they'll get enough cred for playing a three-loss Purdue team, say if they made it, or a three-loss Northwestern team? I think by that point they will have won like eight in a row. And uh, I think— And if Notre Dame keeps winning because they beat them. Because right now most projections I've seen have Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame. That's the the most—and that fourth spot could be Oklahoma. It could be—it's funny, the clearest path in the—the clearest path in the Pac-12— for a team to make the uh, playoff is Washington State. The funny Mike Leach is, <laughs> my God. Dude. That guy's mustache, Gardner or something. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I mean, he's Uncle Rico. That, that by the way, I, I They showed I am up for here. game day. I am here oh, awesome, for, like, there's a whole pathology surrounding both their love of game day and their partying. Like, I, I, I love Georgia. I am not, this is not a challenge we have nothing on partying with Washington State people. <laughs> they are straight fireball and pot guys. Yeah, they spend night. all day. <laughs> like, no, there's an article about, I mean, because it's legal in Washington. It's like that extra shipments into the dispensaries yeah. and to Pullman. Um, because uh, imagine if, I mean, there's nothing as remote as Pullman in the state of Georgia, it, right? Where is it? It's in southeast Washington? It is 70 miles south of Spokane. Uh, and Spokane is five and a half hours west of Seattle. Wow. So imagine if, th- imagine if there were 
an SEC school. I mean, it's like Starkville, but further from everything. Yes. Like Starkville, you can get to New Orleans in two and a half hours. You can get to, I think you can get to Birmingham in like two and a half hours. You can get to Atlanta in four hours. The closest thing you can get to is Spokane. And Spokane's a fine town, but it's not New Orleans or Atlanta. And they literally got up at, I mean, they went on the air at six o'clock their time. <laughs> Dude. And they, they were, it was like they were doing blow and just like <laughs> fireball. It's not. It's one of those. It's blow, they, dude, it was. Fireball it was, coming. Fireball dude, coming. it's just. And I'm here for Washington State making the playoffs. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. If, if Mike just weren't a birther, that's the only kind of the oh thing God, that holds See, me why down. you got to bring me down? I want to like Mike Leach so much. Yeah, bring me down. I know. But yes, I'm he's with still you. he's still a treasure. Oh yeah, I'm, he's still a treasure. I'm, I'm with you. Even though, even, even though, though, yes. He's a um, but anyway, so <sighs> point ca- is, is talk to your kids about Notre Dame in the playoffs, guys. Yeah, Notre Dame is it's they can happen. lose. Like, it's it's happening. They Notre can have they can lose a game and still get in. Yeah, absolutely, I don't think they're going to. They really don't have anybody. No. So Notre Dame is all set. So Ugh. yeah. Ugh. Yes. Speaking of all set, are you all ready? Yeah, let's do tw- some tweet questions. Yeah, yeah. So do I we, sent do, we have, a, do we have some music? Do we have a? Do a, do a I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm putting some in right now. Okay. No, I'm not. No. But you can just kind of play along in your head. Some okay. some nice. Actually, I have some killer <laughs> elevator music I could play. Letters, we get letters. <laughs> uh, all right, so I put a tweet out yesterday. It was a beautifully framed, framed picture with my tickets that I still have. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah by the they, way, buy buy tickets from Scott. They might. Still be available. Um, did check you, our Twitter wait a minute. Feed. Did you show, dude? The, I'm no, a lot smarter than that. Look at that. I'm I'm a master at Photoshop. Look at that. They're fake. Yeah, <laughs> they're not fake. I'm looking at the actual tickets. Yeah, I'll send a picture on mine. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Um, so I, I said, hey, if anybody's got any questions, and so the first question that came in is from a guy named Seth Wilson, and he's at Seth Wish. I just clicked on his profile, and before we get into his question. Quite frankly, his profile is amazing, and he has 111 followers. I hope that goes up because this guy, in fact, we're going to follow him right now. Um, His bio says this, My life's work is to start a national catchphrase and or dance craze. Performance scholar, director, raconteur. (laughs) Check this out. I've lost on Jeopardy twice. And look at his profile picture. Right here. Oh, okay. oh, I know that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I am very. I don't know him, but I would like to. Yeah. So in his the, in the biblical sense. His question at Southwest. Very handsome beard. <laughs> oh, and check out this other his uh like his uh hold on I just lost it now here we go uh, here my fingers are dancing on the Twitter feed and I'm stalling right now as I'm getting back here we go look at this look at his uh, banner picture. He just looks like the guy you'd like to have at your tailgate. Great, great picture, Seth. Uh, Seth, you and I, you and I, we we could. Yeah, he's kind of a spirit animal. We could make some great music together. So here's his question. At WSLS Podcast, I've been a fan long enough to remember every weird year that this game has gone sideways. Vegas has this minus seven, seven point favorite. And I think S&P Plus has something similar. If things go squirrely, though, how much panicking are we going to see from the fan base, myself included? I all mean, the panicking. All the panicking. I think all we covered that, but I just wanted to reassess it right I, now. I would say that, like, it would be, I mean, people will freak the hell out. I mean, and they will freak out if they lose this game. And, and in a way that it's almost worse because, like, what, what would be, what's the worst loss 
since we started this podcast. It's got to be Alabama, right? Oh. Or is it Florida? Is it Florida two years ago? Uh, Three years it might have been, might have been uh, Florida 2015. Mississippi. No, I don't Florida agree. 2015. No, I don't mean the, the actual, like, the most full-on. Yeah, I mean the most demoralizing, oh, wow, this is going bad. Mississippi was a tough loss, but no one thought, wow, Kirby doesn't know what he's doing. Like, Mississippi was a tough loss because it was it was a hot day and it was... We, we did a special podcast when they announced that Balto was starting. Yeah, and I then think they, they faced I mean, planned. I mean, there's been reporting that that was... Oh, yeah. That I'm was, sorry. I forgot. Yeah, we, we've been doing it long enough yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. the Florida game. My yeah. bad. So, yes. like, this, I would yes. put this... I would put the worst loss we've done this podcast. And I, I, by worst, I don't mean the most, pain, the most painful. I mean the most definitive right. shake-everybody-up losses. Right. Florida. Yep. Alabama, maybe one of those Georgia Tech losses. Um, See, I don't think so. I think that like the the the, the first Kirby year Georgia Tech loss was frustrating, but I don't think there were. And I think it led to some people being like, "I'm not going to Liberty Bowl." But other than that, I don't think it was actually a huge deal. Oh like, yeah, the, the the loss in 2014, we didn't have a podcast. So. Yeah, so Florida, I don't, I don't know, oh, man. man. The Vanderbilt loss in 16 was something. So I'm not saying these were. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like a loss that made you think like it's Florida. Wow, did Florida these people not know what they're doing? Hands down, Florida twenty. This this would be a confidence shaking loss for the whole regime. It doesn't mean they couldn't get it back. It doesn't mean a good recruiting ranking, though. Even there's been some weird recruiting stuff going on lately too. That it would be the first. I'll put it this way: if it all goes downhill, I don't think it's going to. But if everything goes careening out of control, they'll point to this three-week stretch. Yeah, I can't argue with that. All right, so next question is Joe Glendon. uh, Joe, my man. So Joe is, by the way, Joe is the the Brit. He uh, lives in, uh, I believe it was uh, Manchester. Where does he live? I don't know. Yeah, you guys Twitter thing. Yeah, I met him in Savannah back during spring break. I was down there. A couple of uh, damn good dogs, Edgar Smith and um, Colin McRae, introduced me to him. Joe so he's is British. He's British. He's a he was an attorney uh, who spent time. You mean a barrister? I'm not sure if he's a barrister or solicitor, but he spent time in Savannah in the public defender's office. Mm. Uh, a classmate of mine, Michael Edwards, uh, brought him over. They have a program uh, and met Joe. He is a um, he is a huge soccer fan. He actually got up at whatever time it would have been to watch the Rose Bowl. And, and oh, yes. so I gave him my, my Atlanta United talked, scarf. Talked yeah, I've talked about it. I gave him my Atlanta United scarf because he and I talked about soccer some. And he was talking about how amazing the crowd was uh, the first match of the season for Atlanta United. Remind me to get back to Atlanta United later. About so, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a five-minute expose about Joe. He's a great guy. Okay, good. Well, Joe asked a question or kind of made a point and a question. He said, so I've been a Georgia fan since 2009. And have actually been to two world's largest outdoor cocktail parties. And they were awesome. Is it fair to say that in my time as a UGA fan, that this is our biggest game against the Gene Shorts crew in terms of what is on the line for us? Season-defining, exclamation mark. Then he followed up and saying, and by season-defining, I mean in terms of of us actually having a legit chance of getting to another national championship. Yeah, I I, I can only speak for my six years here. To me, that seems... There's no question that's the case. If the the last year of Rick, the Bauta game, felt like the most pivotal for is Georgia going to make a change or not make a change, but for making a national championship game, from my experience, it seems like there's no question. But you guys would know better than me. Yeah, this year does at least since '09. Um, I think you can point to games in the in more recent history or a little past history beyond '09 that 
that this the Georgia Florida game probably meant more. Um, certainly, O two. Well, but he's saying since O nine. Since O nine. So yeah, so, O two yeah. and O five. Yeah. I, although, although it's hard to argue, and with hindsight, that the Fatone Balta game. It probably meant more to the program. Uh, big, both, was, both, both yeah, shifting, both, and yeah, seismic. Um, but I mean, this this game is pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it's two top ten teams. Yeah, I mean, game day's there. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> All right, and the final one that came in uh, through that tweet was is from Austin Vaughn at a Vaughn TS. Uh, he said, what's y'all's favorite cocktail for world's largest outdoor cocktail party tailgating? If one of y'all chooses something, you got to say your second pick. So I guess uh, if we choose the same thing. I, I only drink one thing tailgating, so that's a hard, that's a hard one for uh, me. I can give us a backup on this. I've, I have two go-to drinks, generally speaking, mm-hmm. across, and, I've, uh, and I drink uh, probably more than I should. Uh, 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 Makers and Diet Coke and uh, Tito's and Tonic. Yeah. Can't go wrong with either one of those. Yeah, I mean, I'd, if it's really hot outside, Tito's and tonic. If you're if you're warming with your loved ones by the fire, yeah. No, it's may I am a for for football tailgating. I am strictly a makers and diet or makers and coke guy or makers and zero. It, yeah. dep- it depends, but it has to be a coke product and it has to be diet coke, coke zero, or or regular coke. Um, no, I I do enjoy. I don't like Tito's very much, but I, I do enjoy a good I like Hendrix and tonic. But Tito's um, has become a thing in the last couple of years. I, I, yeah. I got on yeah. board. I got yeah. on board with the Tito's. But it's not something I would normally drink at a football tailgate. Yes, I'd probably just say a protein shake. Um, oh, maybe no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'd say a raw egg in a blender. <laughs> no, I think I drink the blender. I eat the blender. <laughs> you and Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I think the the problem is, and how can I put this delicately? I'm usually um, the designated driver when my wife and I go to the <laughs> tailgates. I mean, I think I think I think definitely. what you're saying is that. Um, when your wife showed up at soccer tonight, her coffee, quote-unquote, was <laughs> yes. wine. Yes. Um, uh, I'd probably go with just whatever cold beer is available. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I don't really have a discernible palate when it comes to, to alcohol or beer. Um, if someone pours me a drink, I'm not going to you know, deny it. So yeah. now, I will say for a noon game, the Georgia-Florida game is, is it's never been noon that I know of. Uh, but for an, It's been a 1 o'clock a bunch. But for a noon game, I will drink um, bourbon on the rocks. Um, and, but I'm a savage that way. I yeah. I absolutely will pour a bourbon on the rocks at eight o'clock in the morning because it's football. Yeah. I'm drinking too much this year. This year has been. I'm drinking year. just enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a little over more this year. I'm. A, I disagree. Will be a little more careful. All right, so let me. Um, I've got a, a a little bit of trivia coming up, but I just wanted to also go over the just through some general stats of the game. Um, nothing too deep. And then we'll get into our fun office pools and, um, and then we'll end the show. And we have a Thursday night game this week. So, yes. and I, and I do want to talk about Atlanta United. Should I talk we'll, about Atlanta United? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Get out of the way now. Yeah. So uh, for the record this weekend, it will be obviously it's Florida, Georgia. It's a fun time. Oh, Georgia, we, Florida. Sorry. I do this. I always do that. I we, do it. We caught you. We I know. Caught you. I'm, I'm not going to edit that out. Though. I know. I do. I do do that. You're right. I do do that. I thought by year seven, I'd be out of that. Florida, Georgia is a shitty band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. You're not wrong about that. Um, so Atlanta United, if you're into this stuff at all, uh, if you guys remember, I've had a long discussion, I've, I've mentioned before that if Atlanta United ever wins a championship, I don't want to hear from Atlanta people saying we never win a title because Atlanta United win a championship would be really, truly impressive, particularly in the second year. Tata Martino, their coach, their very awesome coach, 
just announced he will be leaving at the end of the year. I desperately hope he doesn't go to Mexico because I want to keep rooting for him. He's going to go to El <clears throat> And But either way, this is peak Atlanta United right now. On Sunday, if they win, they not only will win the Supporter Shield, which is the best record uh, in, in all soccer, and give them home field advantage of the playoffs, they will set an all-time record for best record in the history of the MLS yeah. if they really? win on Sunday. Wow. They've already, they already qualified on points for yeah. the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Yes, and they, they will have a bye the first week. But they will get home field advantage. They need to win. They play at Toronto, the defending champs. At Toronto. And so 4.30 on Sunday, if you're looking for a come down after Georgia destroys Florida, <clears throat> cannot recommend enough. I've got a full day with the kids. We're going to Georgia Volleyball, which is a little better than they are, they've usually been. Illinois is a great volleyball program, so I'm, I'm into volleyball. And, um, and then we're going to go. Uh, we'll be at the pub uh, at 4.30. So Atlantean is a big, big, big Atlanta United weekend. So. Yeah, I hope to be back from DC in yeah. time to watch that match. So, and and I can vouch for Atlanta United mm-hmm. fandom because three years ago when Will was talking about MLS, I was that guy. I was like a lot of y'all, where I was like, "Don't talk soccer. I don't care." Um, you heard us talk at the beginning of this podcast about our Tony and my my son, our son's soccer match and everything. Uh, I'm I'm a believer. I'm a fan. I've been to two or three games down there. It's amazing. I love seeing how excited my kids get about it. Um, the great thing about soccer, it's two hours. You're in and out. It's a yeah. it's a great uh, I went with thing weekend. on the field. I, I took I took my four year old. Oh, cool! Weekend, and he had a great time. Cool. Yeah. He actually came back and started going Atlanta. You know, I did. Yeah. yeah. So if you're one of those doubters, look, I've been there. I can empathize with you. But if you give it a chance, and it's a team, if you're an Atlanta guy like me, where you're pulling for the yeah. Hawks and Braves and the Falcons, and they keep. Yeah, although Trey Young looks pretty good, yeah, he does. Yeah. The Hawks, um, but, but that's why he did Oklahoma. He, he <laughs> but the, the, the fun thing to close on this: the fun thing about Atlanta United is not just that like they're good; they play exciting soccer. Yeah. They try; they always push. They're always trying to score. You never watch Atlanta United win one to nothing. And the, the like thing, they are, and they just sit on it. The like, thing about it is Joseph Martinez is like five foot seven, oh, and he's, he's all, just yeah. dominating he's the MLS. Welcome to soccer. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. All right, um, so real quick, uh, the the Georgia-Florida rivalry, they've played, well, according to Georgia, Georgia has 51 wins. Florida doesn't recognize that win that first season in 1904. Uh, they played in Macon, Georgia. Um, there's been 43 wins by Florida and two ties. Um, interesting thing, uh, make sure you get to your seats early because the Blue Angels are doing a flyover. I mean, I can't imagine how that would not be amazing. I think they've got probably four to seven F-18s that will probably be shooting afterburners off. Mm -hmm. Uh, That'll be spine-tingling. So think back to 1990. Uh, That was when the series turned, when Steve Spurrier got there and Georgia once had been dominating this series. They kind of gave it up. If you think about it, that was the big thing forever is that Georgia had lost seven or eight in a row. They were like, you know, lost eight out of 10. 28 years ago, if you, if you add in all of the records to now, uh, from last year, mm-hmm. Georgia is seven and 21 against Florida since mm-hmm. 1990. But if you cut it to 18 years from 2000 to now, Georgia is six and 12 mm-hmm. against Florida. And if you look at the past eight years, Georgia is four and four against Florida. So I would call that a trend. I think that things are trending upward for Georgia. I mean, this is kind of what we talked about earlier. This is this is kind of the definitive. When you hire Kirby Smart to be like Alabama, you don't. Florida is like you got to be. If you if you're better than Florida, 
generally speaking, if you're better than Florida every year, you've got to, you're going to have a better than average chance of winning the SEC East. So you do that every year, you're going to be fine. That's why it's such a bellwether game. All right, you want some trivia? Georgia, Florida trivia? Mm, we'll see. Huh. All right, I just mentioned that the first game uh, was played in Macon, Georgia. Where else? There are one, two, three, four, five different cities that the Georgia-Florida game has been played. Let's do this hot potato-wise. Hot potato-wise. Got it. I mean, a couple of them are kind of obvious. You, you go first. Okay. Uh, Athens. Jacksonville. Columbus. Mm-mm. Shit. Gainesville. Oh, crap. Sorry. Gainesville, right? Gainesville. So you, we've got Macon, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville. There's two others. Two more. Um, Miami or wherever they... Whatever weird Miami. One in Georgia, it. one in Florida. Okay. Um, Savannah. That's right. Can you name the Florida city? Tallahassee. Tampa? Tampa. Tampa makes sense. Of course it's Tampa. Interesting thing is that it's been played in Jacksonville 85 times. Uh, can you name how many times that the dogs and the Gators have played in Athens and Gainesville? Athens is one, right? I think it's one each. Nope. Really? Really. Okay. Really. Um, in Athens, they've played four times. Okay. 1916, 1920, 1926, and 1995. I think I've, I've heard it told that story. Yeah, we're not going to get into that if you don't know the history Scott, of about Scott 1995. Right, the Braves. But I think no, no. the The Georgia game was not a night game. It was like a morning game, though. It wasn't like, it was like it probably you got out game. of the game. Yeah, and then you learn. No, 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 yeah, no, right. no. That was yeah. what I always imagined. The story. No, no, no. It was definitely like a day night yeah. doubleheader. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, the, the, you got to enjoy it. This is so great. The game. This is so horrible. But that's the thing. The that's a way to think of it is like it's a happy story. Yeah, it's like oh, Georgia got destroyed in the morning. But then the Braves won the championship that night. Yeah. But uh, that's not the way I've always actually. Scott's always told that story. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, in case you don't know, the Braves won their with the Atlanta championship. Their one championship. Their one championship the same day that Florida hung 52 points on Georgia in Sanford Stadium. So, Half 100 between the hedges. Yeah. Half a uh, in Gainesville, they played three times, 1931, 1932, and 1994. Coincidentally, the only two losses Georgia has is in those home and homes are in 94 and 95. Um, okay, if you had to guess, what was UGA's over-under in the Vegas betting lines at the beginning of the season? Do you remember? For this wins? season? This season, yeah. For wins? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 10 and a half. I was going to say 10 and a half. That's right. It's 10 and a half. Yeah. Um, Florida, if you were a betting man and you were betting the over. Six and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So seven that would be, okay. you'd be, you'd be looking pretty good on your, your bet. What do you think LSU's over under was? They were six and a half. They were six and a half. <laughs> so think about if you had placed a bet yeah. in Vegas on you LSU. Made, made money already. Made money already. Florida. It's worth noting we have not we have not properly celebrated the fact that Georgia is bull eligible. By the way, I celebrated last game last <laughs> time. All I think you mentioned. I got that. my. Yeah, by the way, if you do not, if you want post postseason tickets, um, and you are a season ticket holder, you need to update your email. I got that letter this week. You got that letter. Yeah, this I did. Week. I yeah. did. My, my email's updated. Um, Florida will be wearing white helmets for this game, and they're wearing white. So they're so we're the home team. They're like albino. We are. Georgia is the home team. Um, you know, in the past three seasons, both Florida and Georgia have won have, their, wore, worn their home jerseys. Worn their home jerseys. Which is fine with me because 
God, sometimes the stuff they come up with. Yeah, they're not going to wear that uh, alligator uh, outfit they wore against Texas A&M worse. last year. Yeah, so they're wearing white helmets. They're they're three and four all time. Are, are wearing they still wearing white blue helmets. jerseys though? I don't know. Yeah, I mean maybe white jerseys they, because when they tweeted that out, they had the snowflake next to it, which I kind of a lot of people had fun with. You know, with yeah. the fact that they were snowflakes. They um, are snowflakes. So yeah, the, I think Georgia's going to wear what they should wear and wear their traditional red tops and red helmets and so listen, listen to what I'm saying. Do you pay attention to what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I'm saying what they should wear. Yeah. Yeah. No, no alternate jerseys or anything for Georgia for the Georgia Florida game. Um, so Georgia and it's seven wins against Florida since 1990. This should be pretty easy, but I figured it'd be fun to ask anyway. Can you name this, the starting quarterbacks and all the victories or do you know when we won uh, since well, 1997? That's correct. Um, and who was the quarterback? Who would have been the quarterback in '97? He won. He went twenty-three of twenty-four in the Outback Bowl versus Wisconsin that year. Really, I'm drawing a blank because twenty-three I was... of twenty-six, something like that. Grayson Lambert broke his record. Mike Bobo was that Bobo? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Why didn't he run the ball? Run the damn ball, <laughs> Bobo. Throw the ball, Bobo. And then, do you know the next time they won after '97? '97, uh, three. Nope. No four. Yep. Yeah. And that was Stafford. No, that would have been uh, would that have been Greeny, David yeah. Green. And then when was the next time they won? Let's see, we've won seven times. That's two, correct? Oh um, seven. Yes, that would have been would that have been Stafford. That Stafford. Um, that's three. Mm-hmm. That's the same year. We won an eight. Mm-mm. We didn't. Mm-mm. We won a nine. Mm-mm. Ten. Mm-mm. Hold wow. on. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm I, okay. Remember, we're four place. and four in the last eight seasons. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so we didn't win again until did we? We 11, won in twelve. Did we won in eleven. Eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Eleven, twelve, and thirteen. That was the three run. I was trying to place when that was. That would have been um, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Would have been Cox. It was Aaron Murray the entire time? All three. Yep, all three. Okay. And then, of course, last year, yeah. Jake Fromm. Yeah. Uh, question. This is. Uh, I've forgotten far more of that stuff. You know, it's interesting. It's I, easy I, I, for I, me because I was looking at it. Well, I get that, but I'm glad you brought that up because I I have a tendency to remember. Um, I have a tendency to remember good stuff and forget bad stuff, right? Like I clearly remember <laughs> the '97 game, right? I wasn't here. I lived in D.C. at the time. Um, I actually worked that day because I practiced law, and that's, there's a lot. There's a whole story there. Um, but I came came down from DC for the '98 game, um, and the only thing I, I tell you two things about the game. First off, it was glorious um, up until kickoff, and it poured rain and poured got cold. Rain. Yep, <laughs> that's all I remember about that game. Well, that and I, I ended up p- putting a Florida fan in a chokehold because he called me a fat. Ass. But that's a whole different thing. That's that's neither that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, I, I do remember his eyes bulging and me asking him, "I'm sorry, what'd you say?" He's like, "Nothing." I said, "Nothing." You said you're a hugger. I didn't know you were that much of a hugger. Well, I mean, yeah. I've so, never had that experience. Actually, I have to say, I'm generally against violence and all this. Violence. No, no, I am too. But I that am sounds too. kind of satisfying. No, no, no. I am too. I am completely. And part of the reason why, if no, people, I'm telling you, at LSU, I totally get why you did that. LSU, if people got like my face, I, I would do. have been like, "Come here, man. It was a great yeah. game. Y'all did great, yeah, right?" Because that's just me. Yeah. But you know, you call me fast three times. I'm going to grab your throat. Yeah. So that's just that's the way I am. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I should have. I need to. I regret nothing. I need to find an. 
hat somewhere and just straighten <laughs> up. Until I got my work cut out for me on this. All right, so the penultimate question. when That means next to last. Yes. When did Florida win its first SEC championship? When did they actually win it or when did they, when did they win, win, win it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, just what most people would go with even though they were on probation. Uh, 86, 87, 86, 91. Was it 91? 91. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was the year that I think they were kind of under investigation right before the sec split. Are you sure? Cause I thought they won one so. before. Well, we're going to go with 91. No, Maybe 84 under Pell. I, oh, I okay. actually trust Scott, but you go ahead well, and look you it should, up. You should trust the internet. That's yes, where I got it. That's always. All good. right. And the last question, if I will, this question is for you. Uh-oh. If I said the word okey or, what does that mean to you? Okey or? Yeah, like oh, oh, like what uh, Minnesota does. They row like the you boat. You row the boat. If you say okey or, I do not know what that means. I know what okey means. Yeah? I don't know what the or means. It's, what, what, okay. it's kind of like a hee-haw thing. All right. <laughs> no. Do you know what okey-finokey is? It's, I've heard the term, but I can't give you a, 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 a standard in pores. It's, a geographically speaking. It's the largest freshwater swamp in the United States. Yeah, I believe it that. It splits Georgia and Florida. All right, Tony, what's the okey or? So okey or is the totem between the two teams. Uh, one side is engraved with things about Georgia. One side is engraved with things about Florida. The winning school gets to keep it. It's so the displayed. swamp is what separates the two. Well, the Okanoki Swamp basically runs uh, from uh, between, I guess, just from just south of Waycross um, for about 40 miles. We, we talked about Gator, right? Yeah. We talked. We, you and I made a Gator right. comment about uh, Burt Reynolds' stories. Right, right. Um, that's not ne- technically the Okanoki Swamp, although there, there's something to be made geographically as part of Okanoki Swamp that runs the 100 miles south into the northern part of Florida. To, to come from the outside on this, I will say, um, as someone that did not grow up in Georgia, to me, um, Georgia should not uh, sully itself with Florida any more than it has to. And, Brother, uh, you're and, preaching to the choir. And for me, like, Georgia has, like, as a state, and again, to ver- I live here, but, like, Florida, Georgia is, like, a state that has, you know, that has style and tradition and and uh, class, and Florida is Florida. So, for me, like, I always try to forget that Florida and Georgia actually share a border. They touch. In the way that Illinois... I, I've Is it a good touch or bad touch? Yeah, I try to forget that Illinois and Indiana share a border. Uh, so, Well, I mean, you know all the rivers in Georgia flow south. I'm afraid to ask. Florida sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> a simple explanation. Just a couple other points on the Okefenokee Ore. It was established in 2009, the Student Government Association. It was uh, between Georgia and Florida. It was anonymously donated to Florida. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. It is a 10-foot long... Look at shaggy over here. It is a 10-foot long, 1,000-year-old cypress tree from the Okefenokee Swamp, or it was carved out of a cypress tree. Uh, thousand year old. That's I do not cool. have web feet, but I did grow up uh, really close to the Okanoki Swamp. On a list of things before I moved to Athens, I thought were a bigger deal than they actually were. Uh-huh. The tree that owns itself. I had it's been told humongous. Like, yeah, but it doesn't really come up in my life very often. Really? Yeah, it doesn't. You got to get out. How more. much does it come out in your life? You, you ran guys, by it this week. I, I yeah, I run by it all the time, but like people don't like bring it in conversation. Very really? Often. Yeah, they don't. Huh. Not, not as much as it used to. Yeah. 
I think it's very cool. I just thought people would discuss it more. I'm going to, when, yeah. when, uh, when I die, I've just did my will this week where mm-hmm. I have a rock in my yard that's going to own itself. It's going to rock in yeah. yeah. itself. Okay. Yeah. That's it. You want to get in the picks? I think we should. All right. Let's go ahead and start. The two, by the way, two Thursday night games, two, if you're listening before yes, then. Get in. Get in. Get in. Get in. So we're going to start with uh, one of them. Uh, Appalachian State goes to Statesboro. Good game, this. Appalachian State is ranked 25th. First They're time ever Five ranked. and one. Really? They didn't get ranked? Well, they were in FCS. What's Georgia Southern's record? They're six and one. What, wow. would, what would F State be if they'd have pulled that Penn State game out? Uh, yeah, we'd be. Fifth? We, we would quit hearing from Central Florida, hopefully. You will never quit oh, hearing those from guys. Central Florida. <laughs> those guys, they wrapped their police car that there says 2017 is, by the National way, Champions. There is, if there is one redeeming grace from that play, is that we don't have to put up Of course, that. I think about this all the time. Like, oh, yeah. Think about how furious we get on a daily basis mm-hmm. with that crap. Um, but yeah, I I have to say, uh, I kind of like, people are excited about Georgia Southern. Yeah. People are into Georgia Southern. Yeah. I still feel like App State is really, really good. I'll take them. Yeah, give me App State. I want App State to win by four touchdowns. <laughs> uh, the other Thursday night game is Georgia Tech. Of course and Virginia it is. Virginia Tech. They always play Thursday night. This did game is surprisingly close. Uh, does Old Dominion have a win yet other than their win over Virginia? Yes, did you see that? Oh, that crazy West Virginia West Yes, game. that's right. That's that right. game was ridiculous. Scott Van Pelt yeah. did an amazing yeah. job breaking that game Old down. Dominion is like packing a lot of pleasure into its two wins this year. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll take Virginia Tech. I think I, I, this is the question, right? They're only a three-and-a-half point favorite. Is Georgia Tech losing enough this year? That they're, they're losing talk, too much. That's what I'm saying. We've talked about this before. About they like, need to win you, this game. You don't want Paul Johnson to lose no. too much, or they'll make a change. This is in danger of being a year where they lose too much. Yeah, I agree with you. But Virginia Tech is one where they do. I'm going to pick Georgia Tech because I I subscribe to Will's theory. Um, all right, there's a Friday game also. Come on, there's actually several Friday games. Coach Rick's playing a Friday game. There's a Big Ten Friday game. There's a lot of Friday games this week. Okay, Miami goes up to was it Chestnut Hill? Yeah, very good. There we go. The Chestnuts. Yeah, uh, and faces off against. uh, They're both five and two. Boston College. They Miami's got to win this game. Yeah, well, they're only three and a half point favorite, which is kind of a weird line, but. They don't, they don't match up great against Boston College. Boston College is a smash-mouth football team. Miami tries to finesse stuff too much. They got far more of a quarterback problem there than we do at Georgia. Give me Boston College. It is worth noting that the Red Sox are going to be playing a World Series game exactly when this game. It will be in Los Angeles. Yes. But it will be happening when this game is going so nobody's on. Nobody's going to so be there. So Boston College, the loyalists will be there, but it is not going to be a fired-up crowd. I'm taking Miami. That's a good call. I'm going to go with that logic as well. Uh, all right, so now we're on to Saturday. Um, Vanderbilt at Arkansas. I, you know, I included this game on here. I kind of like this. This is a this is a this is a pointless but thought provoking game. Right. I include this game on here for that very reason. Yeah. Right. One is th- what three and five. One is two and six. It's a one and a half point Vandy road favorite. I. I think Vandy wins this game, but eh, who knows? I'm taking Arkansas. I feel like there's a little bit, there's a dead cat bounce for Arkansas. <laughs> I heard Jim Donnan on 960 this morning describe this as a pillow fight, and then he went and picked Vanderbilt. Now, I'm going to go with uh, Coach Donnan. I've picked four road games or road winners so far in these picks. Uh, that kind of concerns you. But, By the way, last week I picked all home games, and I finished 
Will, you finished tied for first, or I did? no, or tied for I, well, seventh. You want another T-shirt? Um, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I love one. Um, and I finished right behind you at eight and two. So, all right, Iowa goes to Penn State. They're both ranked seventeen versus eighteen. I mean, this is the question where you find out is Penn State bottoming out, right? Like, yeah. like that, to me, I was good, man, yeah. and I really want to pick Iowa because I like the idea of a wobbly Penn State. This is a transition for you, them for your for the, yeah transition year for them anyway. I still got to take Penn State. Talent wise, I have to also. Yeah, I don't like I, it. I really want to take Iowa, but I'm taking Penn State. I would tell you who the next game is, but my computer is showing this That's little right. blue thing. It's some somebody's playing Maryland. Oh, no, I can tell you who's playing Maryland. It's Oski Wow Wow. There was Illinois fighting a lot. I L L I N I. Uh, the Will, top this, 10 this, ranked volleyball Illinois Will, uh, team. This game is a 17 and a half point favorite. That seems Maryland. high. What a big line. That does seem awfully high. Uh, uh, I didn't think Illinois, the, the problem with Illinois right now is, well, several problems, but the major problem is they haven't figured a quarterback yet. Yeah. And uh, they had a chance. Wisconsin did not play great against Illinois last week. Illinois just kept turning the ball over and over and over. You can run on Maryland. That's what makes me think this will go under the line. I don't think Illinois wins. However, I... Uh, For a bowl game, they have to win this. They have to win this. There's no way. Well, they've got the APR thing. If they win five, <laughs> it's always possible. I like that. There we go. As but, does Mississippi State. Yes, yes. But, well, I hope Illinois beats Mississippi State in the APR. Um, Illinois is an excellent school. So, it is an excellent school. It is. It is. And, um, in fact, they're tied for 13th with Georgia in public institutions. Yes, they are. In engineering, they are the top public institution in the country. They are. So anyway, point is, uh, I don't think Illinois is going to win, but I do think uh, Maryland. Yeah. I do think they cover. Yeah, give me Maryland. All right, um, Gardner Minshew goes to what do they call it? The farm. The farm. Stanford. Stanford. Mm. I can't believe Stanford's favored in this game. That's crazy. Give me Wazoo. I'll take Wazoo. Uh, uh, it feels like it feels like. Taking Wazoo feels, feels like, like a letdown spot. It feels like doing the Harlem Shake a couple weeks after the Harlem Shake is over. Like that's the thing that makes me nervous about picking Wazoo. So here. it feels like doing the Macarena in 1999. Yeah, like yeah. I love the Harlem Shake. That's my favorite dumbass meme. Like I love the Harlem Shake. I thought it was. It, it seemed like weirdly. Could we do the Harlem Shake now? I, I think now it's come I mean, back it's around. Yeah, where you can do it. Yeah, it would be did, looked at like, as it would you, be fondly looked at. Yeah. Did you ever see Joe Terzinski, the UGA football Harlem Shake? No, I didn't. Les Miles for LSU yeah. was a good one too. I think the, the, the LeBron the, did a great yes, one too back yes. in the day. Yeah. Oh, the Miami. Georgia swimming Harlem Shake. Oh yeah, I saw amazing. That. I did see the Georgia. I was a fan. Of, like of all, I generally hate memes as a rule. Yes, but the I Harlem liked shake was the Harlem amazing. Shake. I did like the Harlem Shake. The problem is, is uh, if you did it like three weeks later, you just looked sad. I'm, that's my worry about Wash, you here, Wash Day here is that uh, you're doing the Harlem Shake a little bit too late, but I'm still going to pick them and uh, do the Harlem Shake a couple weeks late. I like it. Uh, all right, now we're in the SEC country. Tennessee tries to gather themselves. Um, they're, they're done burning Butch Jones in effigy after him smoking the cigar. After he Plus, what's your, what's your thought on that? Will he ever get another college head coaching job? I love that he is making whatever he's making from Tennessee. They doused him with Gatorade, ironically, and he smoked a cigar in the Alabama 
locker room. I, I you know, God bless America. <laughs> God bless America. Um, still, give me South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. South Carolina. Uh, Kentucky at Missouri. Kentucky needs is, is this a look ahead game? It does feel a little bit like a look ahead letdown spot, right? I I'm not calling that. I think I think Kentucky wins. Uh, they're just more physical than Missouri. But this is the sort of game where you look at for clues, win or lose for Georgia. Mm-hmm. You look at for clues for next week. What time Lexington. is this game? <laughs> You're asking me to do math. Sorry. Four <laughs> twelve. Four. By five. the way, by the way, the look on his face was. <laughs> yeah. That was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> military time. I will just look I'm a military my, brat, I and I still can't do military ESPN time. App, it's, a, it's, 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 what, 2 o'clock? It's 4 o'clock. It's the 4 o'clock SEC Network game. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah. So, we'll, so How, we'll, how is Missouri favored by a touchdown and a half? This seems awfully high. Um, I'm going to take Missouri, though. I have to say, this feels... We'll get into the George Pick in a second, but like... There's a non. There's a possibility that all of our freakout stuff becomes. Oh wow! Super like just lost, yeah. and then yeah. Georgia wins, yeah. Yeah. and everything's fine. Yeah, I think there's a very real possibility. I'm thinking Missouri. I think Kentucky wins. Yeah. All right. Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State. Um, we. You have to talk to your kids about mm-hmm. what. You should never let your children watch. Nick Fitzgerald throw a football. <laughs> guys. It's a dark thing. Guys. Um, I'm going to pick A&M, but I think this is a game where Moorhead decides Fitzgerald's not the answer. Mm, interesting. I think I totally agree with both those statements. Yeah. I'll take A&M as well. Uh, I had not seen Nick Fitzgerald throw the ball this year. I haven't watched much Mississippi State, but I believe you, and I'm going to go with Texas A&M. He has not been good. Okay. Uh, all right. So there's only one more game to pick. It's the big game of the week. ESPN Game Day, SEC Nation. How much you want to bet that the celebrity picker they put Georgia Florida line on it or whatever the name is? I don't want to bet that because it's just going to. It's going to happen. It's going to anger me. It's going to. It's going to anger me. Yeah, they're going to put. They're going to put those guys on the there guy from Monroe and the from, guy from Live Oak. Yeah, one's from Georgia. Is it one? Is it one? One of those dudes that said he was no? That was big and rich. That's big and rich. Yeah, that was going to take the Nike thing off of his socks. I forget about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was big and rich. Those and guys the, are, they're, they're they're dumber than they do the Georgia. ESPN game day intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, who do you want to go And first? the other one's actually married to Colin Kaepernick, which is weird. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why, but it seems yeah. something they would have discussed. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, the the ramifications of losing this game are so profound that I can't imagine Georgia actually doing it. Is probably the best way to put it. Uh, mm-hmm. I still feel like this team has not figured itself out yet. There's still a lot of work left to go. Uh, but I would be more ner- There are other teams I would be more nervous playing this week. Uh, as I said before, a loss to Florida freaks me out less than a loss to Kentucky. You need to be far ahead. You're always judging yourself against Florida. Georgia should be a lot ahead of Florida. I think Georgia wins this game. Not even as kind of close as we talked about the idea of like keep the score. I think this is like a 31-17, maybe 31-14. I'm going to go 31-14. So the whole time that we've been talking tonight – I keep coming back to a couple of key things. 
Um, I keep coming back to the the talent the talent difference, um, which leads me to believe Georgia should win this game outright by a fair amount. I keep coming back to Todd Grantham emotional blitzes, <laughs> and I keep coming back to Georgia having not had a statement game this year. Um, I'm not 100% certain Georgia can make this a statement game, um, but if the game goes the way I think it goes, which is a running game, a game where Georgia gives the ball, I mean, we're, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me the least we have 200-yard rushers at all. It wouldn't, hurt, it wouldn't surprise me at all. First time since South Carolina two years ago. Um, so it feels like this is a game where Georgia's going to try to control the clock. We're going to try to sit on Florida. Um, we're going to try to minimize their opportunities. So, you know, 24-14, uh, a win. Um, and we're back here talking on Sunday and not at all excited about what we did because it, yeah. it wasn't a blowout. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right, Tony. I think it's a uh, a win don't cover type game. Yeah. You know, Georgia's favored by seven and a half. Ooh, I would not that's a sweat. Be, oh yeah, I would not be surprised. It's to a seven see, and a half point game. So 24-17, 24-17, Right? Yeah. I would not be surprised to see this game going overtime. In Ooh. fact, I'm thinking oh, maybe no, a Rodrigo please. field goal in overtime because Florida messed up on their first possession, 23-20, something like Ooh. that. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be. That's gonna that I think won't. I think it's Georgia's going to win, but yeah, we're going to be kind of. Then worrying about Kentucky very quickly. Well, this is kind of the spot that Georgia's in, right? Like right now, an overtime game against Florida seems like a nightmare. Yeah. What Florida's like, we can go overtime against Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Mm -hmm. that's that's where you are right now. Those are the expectations. Yep. So a couple of things. I'm going to be in D.C. again this year like I was two years ago. I'm not going to the same uh, hate-filled Place I went to, I'm not going to name it. It's just it has bad memories. I'm going to be at Penn Commons, a hate-filled place in Washington D.C. Right now, I would have never imagined such a thing. I'm not going to the White House, Um, so I'm going to Penn Commons. Uh, I I hope to go Thursday night. The Georgia alumni group is having a joint fundraiser Mm -hmm. with the the D.C. Gator group. Uh, the, The proceeds go to support the UGA Miracle Group and whatever it is, the analog at the University of Florida. I hope to go to that Thursday night and then uh, Saturday. Uh, my wife and I, Kristen's coming up. We will be at Penn Commons, uh, hopefully watching Georgia be Florida. So if you're there, say hey, please. I, I, um, I, I welcome solicitations and anybody. And I, I stand by what I said. Uh, if Georgia, is, Georgia blows them out, um, I'm buying shots buying for the shots. bar. For the for the whole bar, I have a credit card. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess as do I. <laughs> but it eventually has to get paid off. Um, I, and for the record, I'm putting it out there: I will be in Athens for this game. We are actively <clears> looking <throat> for a big screen to go watch the game on. That's got a bar. That's not the Oconee movie theater that we're like, I, I, I will have a beer at this little place where I also... And a hot dog. I have to buy M&M's and a hot dog to enjoy that my That would be beer. good. So uh, I'm, if there's a place... Because I, 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 the Georgia Theater sounds perfect, except for the fact that uh, yeah. that you have to do the rooftop. Yeah, and it's the weather Saturday doesn't yeah. look great. Uh, yeah, so I think that if we can find, I don't know if the Foundry's showing it or what was the place where I watched the Oklahoma uh, Georgia game. There's a great uh, whatever that place. The Rose Bowl. Was. 
No, no, <laughs> it's not the Rose Bowl. But uh, I'm looking for a place to take uh, to take everybody and just go watch it with, uh, among a crowd. It seems like a good. And if you're going down there, root them on. Believe me, I wish I could go. I do not like missing Georgia, Florida. So I've still never been. I have still never. Next been. year we're going. So I think next might be, year. Yeah, as, next long, year we're as long as the Cardinals don't make the World Series, uh, they won't. Yeah, yeah it's we're getting kind of in that time frame. Yeah. So. Um, if you're going down there, please root them on. I wish I could go. I have to be in D.C. for work. Believe me, I looked at the flights. Mm-hmm. Um, regretfully, I have to be in, uh, in in Crystal City until about 11 o'clock nice Saturday area. morning. Uh, but that means I cannot get to Jacksonville in time, so I'm going to stick around. Christmas coming up. We're going to watch the game at Penn Commons. And um, go down there and root us on, guys. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. The three of us had a lot of fun answering the Twitter questions that came in before our show. So if you have a question or a comment, feel free to tweet us at any time you like. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. We also have a website. Yes, we do. Where you can check out some of our past writings, maybe some future writings, and even order yourself a t-shirt. There's a few left in our supplies. So head on over to WSLSpodcast.com slash shop and get one to wear proudly and often. And if you do send us a picture, we'd love to share it on our social media channels. And that's it. Safe travels to everyone heading down to Jacksonville this week. We'll be back on Sunday or Monday with our post-game show, and we'll see you on campus in a few weeks. Enjoy the WLOCP. Go dogs.